everybody, and welcome to the Any Given Sunday pod as we are kind of wrapping up our midway point, starting the playoff run um, here in just a couple of weeks. Teams are vying for the last spot. I have found myself below an expansion team, uh, and before I feel too bad, so has my other co-commissioner, who has also found himself before an expansion team. Uh, it's been an exciting year. It's been a weird year. Any fantasy football podcast you listen to, any football show you listen to will tell you this is a year unlike any other. There's so much parity in the league every single week. Underdogs winning uh, last week, especially nine and five versus the spread. Underdogs actually won more games than they lost. Unbelievable. Uh, and the fantasy universe is rocked by major injuries at every major position. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley seems like a recurring theme. But we also have Michael Thomas, who is dead to the world and also maybe coming back and then dead to the world again. Jameis Winston throwing up the W's, eating them, losing his job to Trevor Simeon. Uh, what an incredible story all the way around. This season has been a trip. Boys, how are you? I was doing good before you took a low blow at Michael Thomas. <laughs> and he, can't, he can't withstand those. No, no low blows on that knee, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been it's been a weird year um before we jump into like any segments and things what have your guys's takeaways been from this season so far um the cowboys are really good at football um i i mean and washington's really bad those two things i did not see happening to that to those extremes or washington's just a liability on defense and dallas can't be stopped um uh, so as a cowboys fan i'm here for it though this is our year I'm willing to take out a personal loan to go to the Super Bowl in LA when it happens, and I'll get a tattoo. But I'm loving it, man. I this that's been it is it's actually for the first time in a long time fun to watch my favorite team play. A lot of big names this year that uh, that busted. Yeah, Bad. yeah, yeah. You look back at uh, the players you would have wanted to draft in the first couple of rounds. Man, there's some big duds there. It's amazing. It's sad. It is. It really is. And then you have the decline of second-year breakouts that we all expected. You know, LaVisca Chenault, who's now withering away behind Jamal Agnew. You have Brandon Ayuk, who is withering away behind Trent Sherfield. (laughs) Behind Kyle Shanahan. (laughs) Kyle Shanahan is the biggest, like, fake galaxy brain I've ever met in my life. Uh, I had so much fun with him. Um, But, man – the, the thing that really shocks me this whole season, the storyline that I keep coming back to, and I don't know why it's so intriguing to me, is the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they just keep yeah. winning. Uh, they don't have any reason to win. They've lost everyone of importance on their roster. They are now two players away from breaking the all-time NFL record for most players suited up for a Sunday game. 84 is the record. They very well may get to 85. They have 83 presently. Wow. Uh, that is insane. Next man up, next man up, next man up on their way to a two-loss season is incredible. Um, I, I legitimately believe they're a force in the AFC. I think they're going to win it all. And I mean, they could, they could make a Super Bowl push if they're not careful. I mean, they did last year. They were really, really close last year. By the way, your boy, Ryan Tannehill started off a little rocky, but he's my back. he is he's coming back. back. He he's coming good. back, baby. <laughs> he, has team, he has the team wrapped around his finger. Uh, on outside of football news, just a quick little update here. Man in the Arena dropped last night. I got to watch the first episode. Unbelievable. Uh, have either one of you seen it? See, seen what? Man in the Arena. I don't. I don't know what this is. Am I? Yeah, it's the ESPN did like the Last Dance. 
this is the Tom Brady version of the last dance. 10 episodes on his career, his path. Whoa. Oh, no, I didn't know. I didn't know this was, I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah, it's been, uh, I didn't know that either. It's been pretty hyped. Uh, they, they dropped it last night at 9 a.m. or 9 p.m. I watched it. Uh, it was phenomenal. Got to check it out. It's uh, basically it's just his relationship with Drew Bledsoe and that story of him taking the job. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it. It looks like a solid documentary. What, what service? What streaming service is it on? ESPN Plus and I believe HBO, like like Last Dance Plus. Sure, let's go. That's awesome. So take out a seven day free trial, seven times. <laughs> just Got it. different email every time. But this is not a life hack podcast this is a fantasy football podcast <laughs> so as we were discussing boys what to talk about we have a couple of different topics we want to run through but let's start here we're in the middle of the college season um and the college season has been just as tumultuous i think as the pro season has wild. four or five already top five teams lose uh but what's gone up and down more than the rankings is the devi players a lot of players we believed in busted a lot of players we didn't see coming have just burst on the scene um, so let's take a moment and talk about our biggest Debbie hits and our biggest Debbie misses up to this point. Uh, Justin, let's start off with you. Who is your biggest Debbie like surprise so far? Yeah. Um, so I think one of the ones is Eric Gilbert, the really talented tight end, uh, for Georgia, Florida, LSU, right? Like who does he even play for? He's on Georgia right now, roster, not even with the team, hasn't done anything. Um, and I was looking back at our AGS draft last year, right? You have the deepest Debbie pool you're ever going to have. And he got drafted in the fifth round before Pat Fryermuth, right? Um, and at the time, like, I was like, I probably wouldn't have taken him before Pat, but around the spot seemed okay but that was under the anticipation he was actually going to play football. Right. And so Eric Gilbert's on a path right now to never play again. Not like he's way closer to never playing again than he is to being a first second round draft pick. Um, and so Eric Gilbert for AGS alone, like that just sucks. That's just so sad to take a guy like that. And then he's not doing anything in college and can't be on the team. And then secondly for Eric Gilbert as like a rosterable th- future, like, do y'all have any expectation for him going forward? Like y'all have my expectation is, is that he doesn't play football. Like he's not, he never gets here plays in the NFL. Yeah. I still have him. I, I still have a grade three grade on him, a day three grade on him. I think he'll still make sure. it to the, pro- I think he'll probably transfer out and someone will take a sixth round flyer on the athleticism, but it would shock me if we ever hear his name on a Sunday. Yeah. And that's just, that's just crazy to me based off how talented he is. Like, you know, pure, just pure analytics or whatever you want to call it, like just body frame, a size, all that stuff. He could do it. But up here, man, it's all messed up. It's all messed up, and it's really sad. Highest ranking tight end in 24-7 composite history. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, that's crazy. And for him not to do anything. Anything. He ne- His longest reception of his entire college career is 24 yards. That That's all he has to show for it. We, I mean, I remember we all said this at the time during the Debbie draft. Taking a yeah. tight end is risky. Yeah, yeah. I mean – even guys that are – it's hard to even find six decent tight ends in our league week to week. Mm-hmm. So taking a shot on a guy's future at tight end is like – it's a lot of <laughs> I mean, it Good is, luck. If, he does, if he's not from Iowa, I'm not that interested, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, thinking back on that, Nick, you're entirely right. I think one of the reasons that the allure of drafting a tight end in Devi is because there's no good tight ends in the NFL. <laughs> That's <laughs> probably true, too shots yeah. and you know what i i only graded like 
I think in my rankings I put out, I think I only had like four tight ends total because I was like, bump that. I'm not drafting a single one unless Eric Gilbert falls to me late because that dude was such an analytical freak. His production was incredible. His athleticism was great, but man, what an absolute disappointment. Uh, Justin, who's your other biggest Debbie surprise? Real, real quick there. Real quick there. If you want to have a top six tight end, that's how you have to get them though. Mm. Because once you get Kelsey, you're not, you're not trading them. You're not moving them. No. Like Mm-mm. they're just going to sit there. So if you want to get one of those guys, you're one of those teams that's frustrated. You can't ever get a good tight end. You feel like you have to make that move to, to gamble yeah. on a guy that might hit. I mean, you know I, I paid, I paid a lot for Waller and he's been pretty good, but it's still like not worth what I paid for him. Probably. Yep. Well, Kyle Pitts is worth every dime I paid for him. We're going to move right along. Um, Justin, what is what is that? Might uh, just be true, man. I'm going to a guy who's going to be available in our Debbie draft this year. So this guy is, and he's an absolute stud. He might be the Heisman winner. I'm talking about Kenneth Walker the third, the man who who just put put the knife right into my back as a Michigan fan and twisted it for five whole touchdowns, man. Um, he's undrafted in our Debbie last year. He's undrafted in everybody's Debbie last year. He transferred out of Wake Forest. Like this isn't a guy that people will, you know, we're super high on. Now he's got the third best Heisman odds at only plus 350, which is a tight race, which means he's got a real shot to win the Heisman here. And if he has a good game this week against Ohio State, I mean, it's him versus CJ, honestly. One of those guys is going to show out and kind of really bump up there with Bryce Young. The other one will probably be left behind. Um, but it's just, it's a big time deal. And looking at it also, I guess making this rapid, I drafted Jerry on Ely and Damon Demas. And Kenneth Walker the third still available, and that about chaps my hide. <laughs> Jayon Ely has been zero percent of what I, he has like four plays that show what I, what I thought he could be, and I still think he can be all right. Third round draft pick, fourth round draft pick, got an uphill uphill battle probably, but man, to leave Kenneth Walker on the board, oh, he's still there. I'm trying to click and still get him right. He's still there, but man, that is a guy that we weren't even wasn't even on our roster. All those running backs taken last year, like seven, eight, nine guys. And this guy who might win the Heisman the very next year and be potentially the first running back taken in, in the NFL draft if you're the Heisman winning running back. Well and uh, I was I was just doing a um I'm in a Roto Underworld mock draft right now with the other mm-hmm. analysts. And one of the things that really just blew my mind is we were doing a super uh, single quarterback 2022 rookie draft. The first overall pick. Wow. And I was wow. like, what in the world? Over Brees, over Isaiah Spiller, it was incredible. Um, and you know what? I don't know if that's a terrible call. I think he's he's really – he could jump there. Yeah, it's crazy. Depending on how the next three weeks go for Walker, that could be the way everybody's thinking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. If he goes to Ohio State and scores five touchdowns and, and runs all over him and wins that game – to the moon mm-hmm. yeah you can, you can start etching the heisman trophy now if that's yeah, what happens that's, saturday the only thing that could stop that is bryce young winning the sec right that's the only way that that changes See, but i don't, I don't, I don't think, even think i don't even think so if michigan state wins a big 10 uh, and they beat yeah. ohio state i think he's i think that's uh it'd be crazy crazy Let's uh, pivot over to you, Nick. Who are your Debbie surprises so far this year? Yeah, so for number one, it's it's uh, really two guys. There were two quarterbacks drafted in our Debbie draft, DJU and Spencer Rattler, and they both look like guys who aren't even going to be in the league. I mean, they look just terrible. Um, 
right now, Rattler, even the Sooners don't want him. Like he can't even get on the field in college. This is bad, bad, bad. And they weren't really bad picks. Honestly, they looked like they had every reason to be guys that were going to be first round talents. And it has not worked out that way. I mean, who would have thought Clemson would be what they are right now? It's crazy. Um, it's really, really difficult to predict rookie quarterbacks in the league, as Bishop well knows. It is worse to project Devi quarterbacks. And for two guys who looked like pretty much can't miss, they've missed so bad, so bad. Do you think either of those guys gets back into the first round? I would say DJU. DJU. DJ, he's more optimistic on DJU than I. He said probably. I think probably could is my thing. Like he could, you know. Spencer Rattler is. I don't. I don't think Spencer probably gets drafted. Right. Oh, I mean, he probably gets drafted, but man, like it's it's not looking good. Well, just just as a friendly reminder to all of you out there, Brady White got drafted last year, so I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, uh, but I will say that, like you know, with DJU in particular, Kenny Pickett is a thing. Kenny Pickett looked like he could be a star, then was not a star for several years, and then this year has reemerged as kind of a star. I, I'm not I'm not throwing in the towel on DJU yet. He's only 20. Uh, I think he really could turn it around. He has all the athletic tools you want. He's got the arm strength. He's got everything. He just his decision making is terrible. Um, that offense is terrible. So I don't know, but right now it's not looking great for that. I mean, everyone thought he was going to be the one one right now. Yeah. Look at it. You know, it's terrible. DJ, I think could get back. Although it's going to have to be because he plays more college football than he probably planned on. I don't think Rattler's coming back. And I'll be honest. I didn't, I wasn't ever really a big fan of his. I thought the Heisman hype was insanity. I, I mean, I've watched too many Oklahoma games where he looks awful and that offense like cannot get going against terrible defenses. They are forever coming back in the fourth quarter against teams that aren't even going to make a bowl game. I mean, that's yeah. like their MO over these last few years. The only reason you really thought Rattler could be an NFL, a good NFL prospect was because of Lincoln Riley and his reputation. Yeah. Well, if Rattler ends up playing somewhere else or if he i mean i don't need what what year is he he's got to come out now right isn't he a is he he's, another year he's just a sophomore isn't he well he's okay so technically with covid eligibility he is he could have come out this year he's a redshirt sophomore so it's his third year yeah. uh but now he has two extra years of eligibility because of the covid year so theoretically he has another two seasons to go transfer and try to make himself something so if he transfers then the Lincoln Riley tag is gone, right? So then it's just on his merits, which right now stink. <laughs> if he stays, he's not the starting quarterback. So the Lincoln Riley tag doesn't help him. So I don't know how I don't know how Rattler gets back into the mix as a top guy. I don't I don't see it happening. I don't either. And to be honest. As crazy as it is, like Williams has played really well there. Riley benched him again last week. Like they're talking about at the beginning of the game, this kid could win the Heisman trophy. And in the third quarter, he's sitting on the bench. Oklahoma's a mess. They're a mess. A me Every team in the big 12 is a mess. They're getting exposed. For yeah. What I think they've been for a long time. The, but. the best, the best big 12 team is Cincinnati. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. 
All right, so here's here's my second uh, Debbie take. It's a little bit of a Homer take here, right? <laughs> but I want to ask you guys, where do you rank Chris Olave as mm. an Ohio State wide receiver? Just, just in the Ohio State receiver ranks. This time last year, he was unquestionably number one. But today, I think Garrett Wilson looks better. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba looks better. Maybe, I mean, Jamison Williams was scraps. He transfers to Alabama. Now he's probably going to be a first-round pick. I mean, he looks brilliant in that offense. He couldn't even get on the field at Ohio State. Now you've got... Uh, Marvin Harrison's son. Yeah, Marvin got, Harrison, you know, he might be as good. I mean, there are a lot of talented guys here. Is Chris Olave still at the top of the Ohio State wide receiver board? It's funny you say that, Nick. Justin and I are actually in a campus to Canton league where we co-manage. And I have been trying to bench Chris Olave every week for like six weeks. I, I mean, it, it, it became painfully obvious like week three that Garrett Wilson is just head and shoulders better than Chris Olave. And I think JSN is head and shoulders better than Olave. What says you, Justin? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm, I agree at this point that Chris Olave is the third best receiver on the team. I also think he still gets first round draft capital, which is going to be crazy. Like, that's mm-hmm. wild to be the third best on your team and still get first round capital. And I think he's still going to be good. Like, I think he's T Higgins ish, right? Like, I still think he's going to be fine in the NFL. I think he's going to have a really good pro career. And I think the day he gets drafted in the first round, He's going to have some of the best feet in the NFL on day mm-hmm. one. Yeah. He, he's really smooth. He's not an emotional player. He's got great hands and he works the sideline better than anybody in football. So, yeah. I mean, he's a very, very, very good player, but he's wow. not as dynamic <laughs> as Garrett Wilson. And or JSN. He hasn't been as consistent or as, uh, reliable as as JSN exactly, and we don't even know what some of those other guys who could be better than any of them, you know. <laughs> Wide receiver, you. I'm excited to see Harrison, and yeah. you know he's not going to get his shot really to shine for a little while, but uh, I, he I may just think it's fascinating. Transfer out with his uh, with his boy McCord when that when that inevitably happens, but you yeah. know I do. Think- like Chris Olave, you're right. One of the, some of the best feet in football. Um, he's going to be an incredible route runner. He's going to be a, a phenomenal, like he's going to walk in as a Y on any, almost any NFL roster. Um, but I don't think his ceiling is what Garrett Wilson's is. Um, I don't think his ceiling is what JSN's is. Um, to be honest, he reminds me a lot of what a more athletic Byron Pringle, who, you know, route running savant had all this oh, hype. That's and a terrible to say. In all fairness, if Brian, if Byron Pringle played for almost any other team in football, I think he'd actually be okay. But, you know, I do think Chris Olave is like, I mean, he could definitely fit into a Juju Smith-Schuster role somewhere right underneath, running those, you know, zag routes, going mesh over the middle. I mean, and and doing some pretty incredible things after it. I, I, I'm i excited to see what Chris Olave can do. And I think it's just a testimony to the fact that, like, we still have a Mecca Ibuka, who was the number one overall wide receiver in last year's class. Like, he, I think he still has his black stripe. I don't even literally think he can like do anything. And it's just insane. I mean, we're, it's an incredible roster. I, I think Olave projects a little better than that. I, ironically enough, I think he could be kind of a Marvin Harrison type guy. I mm. think he could be a guy who doesn't talk much, who, if you put him with a professional quarterback, 
you know, not some kind right. of gunslinger, but if you put him like with a real pro, he could just be what Marvison Harrison was, was for, uh, for Peyton Manning. Just this guy just catches everything and, and uh, is sort of unassuming and never gets all the attention. Some of the other receivers do. Um, Which but, I would say the current, the modern day version of that, I would say is Amari Cooper, just to toss that out there. We don't, I mean, keep him, never in the slot. I might prime route runner. All right, Bishop. So those were ours. What about yours, man? What are your biggest Debbie shifts? So my biggest are two guys that both are not drafted in the AGS bowl and haven't been drafted really anywhere. The first is Arizona state running back Rashad white. Uh, he has come on the scene and exploded. Uh, everyone thought Diamante training him uh, was going to be the guy there. And yeah. it turned out not to be the case. Rashad white electric in the passing game, electric on the ground. He's efficient as a runner. He finds open lanes and he's able to explode through them. Really impressive job by him. Uh, I think that we could be looking at him being the RB four in this year's class, uh, right behind Brees, uh, right behind Isaiah Spiller and right behind Kenneth Walker. Um, but my second guy is perhaps even less known, but I think potentially even better. He is my 2023 now third overall running back behind uh, Bijan Robinson and behind Jameer Gibbs. And that is Syracuse running back, Sean Tucker, um, an incredible guy incredible vision, incredible feet, uh, has exploded on the scene, his freshman year running almost 700 yards and then not to be upstaged in a terrible offense. He was able to, I mean, just absolutely explode. I think he has over 1300 rushing yards right now. Um, and I mean, seriously looks as good as any 2023 running back, not named B. John Robinson. So those are my two guys, Sean Tucker out of Syracuse and Rashad White out of Arizona State. I think both of them should be on everyone's radar. And it wouldn't be surprising to me if both of those are drafted in the first round of this year's AGS Debbie draft. Sean Tucker, man, that's a good highlight. That's a really good highlight. Um, not a name that a lot of people are paying much attention to. Um, I'm actually reading this thing like Syracuse, you know, because Syracuse is Syracuse, right? They, the only thing they care about is Jim, but, you know, the basketball and Jim's team. But like this whole thing is he's falling behind in the in the the quest for the rushing title of Syracuse history. <laughs> it's like that's all like it doesn't say anything about wins and losses. I typed in his name, but that's the first thing that came up. But yeah, that's something that they're tracking. Only 95 yards last week. And that was, and that was like I think the only second time he was less than hundred yards this whole season. So he's killing it. That's a good call. Yeah, I think he he could be the real, real deal. Um, you know, I I really like him. But as we've just talked about with Debbie running backs, man, you never know. Uh, Tank Bigsby can go from being everyone's Debbie darling to now outside of everyone's, you know, top 10 and, you know, every year it's, it's kind of how it is. That's the, the lottery tickets, man, with, um, with Debbie that you got to be careful with. Um, as we pivot out of the Debbie conversation, let's quickly review as we try to wrap up the show here shortly. One of our biggest shocks um, with regards to our league itself, AGS proper. Uh, and then your biggest shock, is your biggest shock in the NFL proper. So like, what is the biggest thing that surprised you about our league? And what's the biggest thing that surprised you in the actual world of NFL? Um, Nick, would you like to start us off? Yeah, absolutely. For me, this is easy. The biggest thing in our league that was shocking is uh, Parker Pierce. Parker Pierce standing at the, uh, towards the top of the league. I think he's in second place right now. His team overachieved tremendously. Um, he's got good quarterbacks, which we all knew he was going to. 
Um, but his wide receiver, I mean, his running back room and wide receiver room looked sketchy at best. Um, he was relying on Taylor, who was kind of frustrating in his first year just because he has the talent, but the Colts didn't want to seem to give him as much of a role as he should have. They didn't move Hines or Mack, so it looks like they might end up in this three-headed monster again. Um, and then Taylor's been unbelievable. Um, probably the second best running back in football. Najee Harris is a rookie. He's coming in. I mean, I expected Pittsburgh was going to put him to work just like they have, uh, but he's been really even better than you would hope a rookie to be. And behind that, there's no depth. I mean, Hunt, <laughs> Hunt is a good fantasy player, but he's been injured a bunch. Um, everybody, everybody behind that, Ronald Jones lost his job again. Um, super frustrating. His whole running back room is handcuffs, but not the good ones. Not Madison, not Dylan, <laughs> not Pollard, right? It's DJ Dallas, it's Hines. It's, it's all these guys you really don't necessarily want. And yet they're still being productive. The wide receivers are even, even crazier. It was plan B's all the way down his lineup, right? <laughs> Cooper Cup was not good last year. Then Stafford comes into town. Now he's the best wide receiver in football. He had Mike Evans, which a lot of days has looked like the third best passing option in Tampa, maybe worse some weeks. <laughs> um, Mike Williams, who's Keenan Allen's little brother, right? Lockett, <laughs> he's a boom bust wide receiver too. I mean, Gallup, who got squeezed out in Dallas before he got hurt, um, which is really, aside from Hunt, the only injury issue this roster has even seen. He's been pretty healthy, really. Um, at tight end, Parker was relying on Robert Tanyan, which is no good. I mean, that was not going to be good. Tanyan gets hurt. Now, all of a sudden, Hunter Henry steps in, and he's getting inexplicably a touchdown every freaking week. Every week he gets a touchdown. So listen to this. Hunter Henry, um, where did I write this down? Okay. He hasn't had more than four catches in any game since week five. He hasn't had um, – uh, so he's got seven touchdowns on the season. There are only four people in the league – who've got more touchdowns at any position than Henry. Those uh -huh. people are Cooper Cup and Mike Evans, which are frustratingly on Parker's roster. <laughs> Tyree Kill and DK Metcalf. Those are the only guys who have more touchdowns than him. Wow. So That's crazy. It is crazy. It's completely ridiculous. So Henry has ended up being a pretty good tight end who is super, super, super touchdown dependent. Um, they don't even target him. I mean, he gets no targets. He gets no yardage. He gets no catches, um, except for every week he catches one ball for like eight yards and it's in the end zone. So I don't know. It's working out good for him, but Parker's done a really nice job. It's my biggest surprise for sure. In fact, I told Parker a few weeks ago when I was trying to leverage a trade that his team was destined to go down and since then, I think they've won two more games. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, 
he he picked up a lot of wins early against the worst teams in our league. Yeah. Um, and now that he's played some tougher competition, all those guys that are so fluky, Mike Williams, you know, started as one of the best receivers in the league. Started hot. Hasn't had a touchdown since week five. Hasn't had more than four catches since week five. Um, hasn't racked up more than seven fantasy points since week five. Wow. Week five was October 10th. That's a long, a long time ago. Next week is Thanksgiving. <laughs> Mike Williams started really hot and then he really fell apart. And that's the kind of profile you thought all of his receivers would have, really, except yeah. for Cooper Cup now. Um, Tyler Lockett's that kind of guy. Mike Evans is sort of that kind of guy. Boom and bust. But it's working for him. So <laughs> It's working for him. I My totally agree. Like, well, NFL surprise real quickly is Allen Robinson. That guy is useless. I don't know what happened to Allen Robinson. Justin Fields supposedly is a really accurate downfield passer, which is sort of Allen Robinson's game. Like you would have thought with pretty limited weapons, they're going to be behind in a lot of football games. They're going to be looking to throw. You've got this quarterback and top receiver matched up skill wise. It hasn't worked. It doesn't make any sense, but it has not, it has not worked like at all. Um, Robinson is 45th in the league in targets behind Mooney, behind Calvin Ridley, who's missed five weeks, behind Zach Paschal in Indianapolis. There is no excuse for that. No excuse. Yeah, Matt, Matt Nagy's got to go. Yeah, he's got to go. As someone who I just uh, – I've done four Chicago Bear games this year. Um, and I have discovered that truly Justin Fields has an incredibly deep, accurate arm. Uh, like, honestly, it's, it's incredible. Uh, I also will say Allen Robinson looks like the third best, um, like pass catcher on that offense. And he looks like the third best route runner. Like he is not getting separation last week, uh, or two weeks ago during San Francisco, San Francisco started rotating their corner one on Darnell Mooney. They stopped putting the one on Allen Robinson. And quite frankly, they probably should have taken Richard or not Richard Sherman. They're a corner two onto the slot uh, because I, I mean, Marquise Goodwin looked better. I mean, it was a, it was an absolute train wreck of, of an experience to watch. Absolutely. One of the biggest disappointments, Justin, what about you? Biggest, uh, biggest league shock, biggest NFL shock. Yeah. So these are two and one. So it's going to be pretty easy. Um, his name is Calvin Ridley. Um, so for leech for like NFL shock that I mean, it's just, it's very sad. You know, he's got, they keep saying it's personal issues. Um, whatever that means, you know, obviously it's private for a reason. I hope he finds what he's looking for. Right. But that's like generally like the NFL, like that's, it's an NFL shock. I can't imagine being Matt Ryan. Right. And, be, and all of a sudden your best targets, Cardinal Patterson. Right. Like that's crazy. Um, and so it's just, you know, a very weird situation in Atlanta specifically for Calvin. And then in, that transfers right over to AGS and my team just being absolute crap. And it just doesn't matter because I was, I was relying on health. I said that before I was like, man, if my team stays healthy, I can win a ship. If my team gets injuries, we're not going to do well. I didn't expect personal issues to be the, one of the derailing things of my team. Cause I, I mean, if Calvin, like we were talking before, if Calvin really gets 14 points a game, 
but 14 points a game. He averages more than that. That's why, you know, just saying like below his even average. My team is really, really good. But instead of having to start Amon Ross St. Brown and company, um, trying to fill that kind of wide receiver second flex option, and it's just not going well. Um, so, yeah, that's for me the biggest shock personally in the NFL is Calvin Ridley and then how that's transferred into AGS and changed the landscape, in my opinion, where I'm, I'm a pretty easy dub. Like going against me is not something y'all need to be super worried about. Um, in preseason, I really thought it'd be a team that everybody was like, he may not, you know, he may be 500 just over, but he's a team that could strike at any time. And I like, Antonio Gibson, we're not that worried about him. No Calvin Ridley, great. Yeah, it's just, eh, okay. Just starting Ryan Tannehill or he's starting Cam Newton this week. Easy dub. He only has Darren Waller at tight end. No one's that worried about him anymore. Uh, it's just crazy. It's so sad. So maybe that's a little personal. Maybe I'm looking through the lens of my, you know, kind of the man in the mirror type thing. But I, yeah, Calvin Ridley on the du- dual fold, personal and NFL side. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've heard a lot about it's Calvin Ridley and his mental health that he's been dealing with some depression stuff. Yeah. So obviously, T's and P's that he actually like deals with the serious stuff that he needs to deal with on a football side. I mean, the game is better when he's out there. So I mean, hurry yeah. back. And also, the AGS landscape's more exciting if he's out there. So hurry yeah, back. So true. Uh, my biggest, uh, my biggest league shock. Um, first of all, I do want to say it's really hard for me not to throw in the NFL side, my victory lap over quarter Patterson. Um, I, I just want to let it be known. He is my number one, most rostered best ball player. I took him in every best ball draft. I did like the last round. I was like, let's go. That's and awesome. uh, I, I mean, you have to miss a hundred times to hit one and I hit one. And it goes <laughs> like, uh, so Congratulations, we'll Bishop. That was a good call out of you. Well, you know, Did you say that name was again. Cordero Patterson. I said Cordarell because his name is dumb. Oh, he's on my roster. You know what, Nick? How about, how about you stop it? Um, you're not wrong. <laughs> I, I, I needed to. So my thought was I'm going to diversify my portfolio. I can't have a guy everywhere because that's not good for football. So I like chose like six leagues that I didn't think I needed him in. Ironically, this one was one I decided eh, I can do without mistake. I would have a very different lineup if I was running him out every single week. But no, my biggest surprise in the AGS uh, league is ironically going to be Austin Uh, coming in with a roster that all of us were very skeptical about. He tried a win now strategy as an expansion team, not exactly the most, uh, what we thought was the most uh, successful strategy, but his waiver wire hits have hit and he picks up some guys every single week that he can throw into his lineup. This week he is running out James Connor and Dante Foreman. And you know what? I actually legitimately believe that could, that can, that might squeeze him out a week. Uh, it's incredible. He just seems to find the right guys at the right time and puts them in the right spot. Um, I've been looking through, like, if you go through, like, the league uh, reviews every week, he's never one of those guys who, I mean, his roster always seemingly overperforms. It always seemingly hits, and he never seems to have, like, the bench spot player of the week. Um, so kudos to you, Austin. Um, I mean, do I think he's going to win a championship? No. Do I think he's going to make any waves in the playoffs? No. Sorry, Austin. Uh, but, man, what an exciting season to be an expansion team and get to the playoffs and maybe even squeak out a win in there. That would be awesome. Uh, biggest uh, NFL shock for me has been and I think will remain to for me to be uh, the complete garbage fire that has been the Tennessee Titans passing attack. Um, I know it's starting to catch fire a little bit. It's starting to get better, but – I mean, coming into this, AJ Brown was my was my dynasty wide receiver two behind Justin Jefferson. Um, I absolutely love him. I still he's still my number two. I still think he has the talent and ability. Uh, but man, what an absolute disappointment that is uh, to, to see him early season struggling, even without Julio Jones. When Julio went down, I thought it was going to be AJ Brown's season. Uh, it turns out it was not. 
And uh, I know he's starting to catch fire now. Hopefully he can get it all back and figured out. But I legitimately thought we were going to see him in the season with 1,300 receiving yards, um, you know, 10, 11 touchdowns and be a top five wide receiver. And uh, no, that guy ended up being Jamar Chase. Um, So, you know, it is what it is. But that was a huge, huge disappointment uh, for me personally going into the NFL season. Uh, As we wrap up here, let's quickly quick fire one last thought um, specifically related to our league as a whole. This is the opportunity that you have to be able to, uh, I don't know, speak your mind, speak your truth. Uh, Final word to the league. Uh, Justin, you could start us off and then I'll go. And then Nick, I'll let you finish us off because uh, generally speaking, you're the one who brings the fire. You go first, Bishop. All right. Okay. Here is my one word. My one word to all the haters. My one word to all of you who have been jerks to me and said, Bishop, your team stinks. You were right. It's terrible. It is an absolute garbage fire of a team. Zero RB does not work in this format. I am, I am willing to, to eat my mistake and move forward. However, I'll see you next year when I'm rolling out Cam Akers and Travis Etienne. Boy, I'll see you next year when DK Metcalf, Jamar Chase, and AJ Brown, and Kyle Pitts, and Brandon Ayuk finally remembers how to play wide receiver, and Rashad Bateman, Shadi B coming out strong. Well, I'll have Drake London on my roster. I'll have David Bell on my roster. I, I promise you, next year, this is the Joe Namath guarantee. 2022, I'm going to be holding up the trophy and celebrating so hard in the face of the haters, which is all of you jokers. So get ready because the the hurricane has come. There is a storm of Bruin, and his name is Bishop Frickin' Darby. Get ready. Man, I think it's good to hear Bishop having optimism about the future. I don't think we've ever heard him think about the future in his fantasy teams. He's always just like here and now, <laughs> never looking ahead. So I think that's really cool and optimistic to hear. <laughs> um no my final i don't even have anything necessarily it's just like guys my i don't know it feels like this wasn't i I, you know i'll just do what i came prepared for i came prepared to have a hit and miss of preseason i'm just going to tell you what my hit and miss was my biggest miss was the pit mike uh pitman versus edwards so michael pitman versus uh brian edwards i had them backwards I invested a lot into Edwards and invested none into Pittman. I was like, and it was two guys that didn't impress their uh, rookie year quarterback things. Like I was like, I'm just not that interested. Right. Um, And I invested heavily into Edwards to give it a shot and got just absolutely wrong. That's my biggest miss. But my biggest hit is you mentioned it earlier, Bishop tank Bigsby sucks. I called it when everybody had him at running back two or three for the class that he's going to be a part of. And I was like, no, this dude has a running style that is like, I'm going to put my head down and run over you. And that's all I've got. And I can catch up in the backfield, but then I'm just going to put my head down and run over you. And it's not going to work. It's not going to continue to work. And he's getting out. He's, he's the second best back in his own backfield. Actually, maybe third, if you count Bo Nix as a running back. Not interested. Count me out. Tank Bigsby. I called it before. And now everybody else has them fading to seven, eight, nine in their running back ranks. That's my that's my my victory lap on Tank Bigsby. But now let's toss it to where we all want to hear Nick Rice, the man, the myth. Well, I want to look ahead to the playoffs because I'm going to the playoffs. I'm sorry, boys. Because of the way the league is set up. 
it looks like the top four are going to mostly stay the same. And I'm predicting that what's going to happen here is that from the four spot, I'm going to end up in the title game against Cameron Haynes again, a rematch. And now he's got Dalvin Cook. No, he just traded him to you, didn't he? Yeah. He had Dalvin Cook. Mm -hmm. The curse of Dalvin Cook is going to keep him from winning the trophy. <laughs> and I'm going to take it home. Look at that. Guys, I'm in the presence of the 2021 winner and the 2022 winner. Wow. Uh, this is, I'm, I'm some sacred company, y'all. <laughs> I, I, there's nothing I love more than making side bets with Bishop. Sometimes I feel bad because it's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this rebuild is really not, not on track. Um, I think it might be time to fire the manager of this team. Ouch. You know, if we were an NFL franchise, I'd be cut already. It'd be done. I'd have been bought out and I'd be, where, where do all coaches go to die? I'd probably be like the offensive coordinator for the Miami Dolphins. Mm. We, we added two teams to this league to help you move up the ranks and you let one of them pass. It's <laughs> 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 like making it to the playoffs. If we keep it at, if we keep it at eight people and we add two more and the answer is still no, I, I still don't have a shot. Well, I hope you've got a robust draft strategy because uh, that roster needs some help. Needs it, some help. It it may, but uh, well, I'll see you in. I hope I beat you in twenty two. That would be that would be the dream come true. If you beat me in twenty twenty two, then I retire. I quit. I quit the league. <laughs> Cut it. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, thank you for uh, Nick and Justin both joining and and kind of spitfire a little bit. Uh, appreciate the patience as I've kind of had to step away for a little bit, working on some side projects. Um, Justin and Parker's done a phenomenal job of running it. And I look forward to kind of getting back into the routine of the AGS pod now that I've kind of figured out my routine a little bit. So uh, we'll try to get one of these out next week as we kind of look forward to the playoffs. Um, and hey, who knows? Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe I'll see you guys there. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll squeak in. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll, I'll go, I'll run the table and Justin will lose every game. Who knows? Maybe. You've Crazy. only won two games so far. You think you're going to win the next four in a row? <laughs> <laughs> that is a fair point. That that right there, that's a fair point. Anyway, uh, I'll see you guys next time. On behalf of the AGS commissioners, thank you so much for being a part of our league, and we love and appreciate you guys. Thanks. You boys.